Michael Waits Media, telling Asia's stories. Hi, this is Michael Waits, and welcome back to the Asia Tech Podcast. Today, we are joined by Dylan Ng, a co-founder, I tried, man, and the CEO of Lionspot International. Dylan, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing? Hi, Michael. I'm late today. You are one of my best-sounding guests. How do you explain this great sound that you have? <laughs> well, Michael, you are the one who guided oh, us to get it. a whole audio setup, and it is amazing. Great audio come makes everything comes to life. I never heard myself so close up before. But don't you feel like it's a different experience, even for you, right? So imagine what it sounds like to the people to whom you're speaking. Yeah. Yes, it, it's um, even myself. I feel I found it's like wow, this is different. And I've lived in my own body for the last forty six years, and I never heard myself like this. Right. And once you do, you can't not hear it. And this way, like I did a meeting yesterday just on my phone and my AirPods because I wasn't in my office and I just felt like I had downgraded the entire experience for the other people on the call. I felt bad, actually. Yes, it's like um, watching TV in 3D with surround sound. And then after that, it becomes black and white. Yeah, exactly. Black and white with (laughs) snow. Like you're old enough to probably remember snow on the TV. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, why don't we get a little bit of your background before we jump into the robotic part of this conversation? Sure. My whole adult career has been in cleaning in the sense that once we graduated from university, we started being an importer and distributor of cleaning equipment, namely steam cleaners. So we brought in a lot of different professional cleaning equipment and we were selling them door to door. We were selling them, doing demonstrations and we were cleaning all sorts of places, you name it, toilets, factories, night work, morning work, we've been there all. And when it came to cleaning, we were always dealing with machinery and that machinery always had someone to operate it. And because people were operating it, we needed technicians to train the people. We needed to find machines that were easy to use. And we always felt that what if this could be automated? Around 2014, there were some rumblings of, oh, let's make cleaning robots. Let's automate the industry. And at that time, I must confess, I was not really a believer yet. I was thinking that, nah, you can't take a human out of the equation. It's impossible. But at that time in Singapore, there were still a lot of human beings. You could still find a lot of people to do cleaning. And as each year went past, we all got older the number of people got less and then it became really urgent to automate cleaning because we just couldn't find enough cleaners. So what we did was we decided let's bring in cleaning robots, all right, since we are a distributor of equipment. So we traveled around the world. I went to America. I went to um, like uh, China. I went to Europe to find the latest and greatest cleaning robots because we want to be ahead of the curve. And what came out was a bit underwhelming. They were either too big or too expensive or too difficult to use or they had to use in very draconian um, circumstances that you can only go in straight lines and stuff <laughs> like that. So, so it was just impossible. Then I realized some, a, a light bulb turned on in my head. Let me ask you a quick question first. Yes. You, when you started this conversation, you said we, when we graduated from university, yeah. when we started this company, when we went into cleaning, we started, who was this we that we're talking about? Yes, I feel like it, it's specific people. I don't feel like it's we. You're not using the royal we here, right? 
Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, uh, actually, the we was my then girlfriend and now wife, my life partner. So her name is Michelle. She has been the one supporting me on this whole journey. And she's not just a supporter. She's also equal shareholder and co-owner of the company. That's awesome. So, so actually, she's my boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she is, whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know, when you were graduating from school, you said you're 46. That was probably 25 years ago. Yeah, right. Right. So 25 years ago, what are we? We're 1996. Yeah. In 1996, there were no tech startups. But, you know, Singapore was already a wealthy country, probably had like a GDP per capita of $35,000 per person. It was already building a big financial services industry. It wasn't, I don't want to say normal, but it wasn't straightforward for two and a smart graduates to go into the cleaning business. Was your family already in this business? Was Michelle's family already in this business? Like, why did you decide to do this? Why cleaning? Yeah, the, 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 the whole thing is this. I mean, um, my other company, Supersteam, is 20 years old this year yep. um, because we are a bit late because we had to go to a national service to serve in the army. Yep. All right. But so 20 years ago, if you wind back the clock, what we had was youth. Right in the follies of youth, you have so many tomorrows, and there's no worries at all. There are no <laughs> kids. There are no pressure. Every day is a good day. Yeah. So what happened was, uh, we decided, okay, let's start a business. You know, we are entrepreneurs. Let's do something. And and, and it could have been anything. I mean, um, my church friend was saying that, hey, want to do steam cleaners? I was like, oh yeah, that's good. All right. And but why? I mean, it could have been anything. If he offered us to sell bras, I'd probably be a bra guy now, you know, or, or maybe <laughs> okay. or, or maybe CDs or, or something. Okay. But it just happened to be steam cleaners. And and honestly, that, that when I look back, it, it really didn't matter what we did. We just wanted to do something. And we were super tenacious. After starting to sell steam cleaners, we realized how difficult it was. Yeah, it's hard right? work going and, door to door. Oh, it's painful is so painful and you have to swallow a lot you eat a lot of humble pie that's why i'm so fat today right and and it, it's really it, it really takes a chunk out of you but it builds up character it builds up yeah. the the fiber and the spirit so what happened was this my family like my parents were very supportive and they will keep telling me don't worry all right you can give up i'll send you to switzerland for studies just give up all right, and yeah, I was exactly. like, no, didn't over my dead body, I didn't make a wrong decision. It is correct. All right, and and because of that, we never gave up. Yeah, and one thing led to another because selling steam cleaners was not sustaining the company, so we brought in other equipment. Other equipment led to more equipment, and since we sold more equipment, you needed more um, technicians to service those equipment. And if you needed more technicians, then you needed more sales, and with more sales, you needed more admin people. So so it just snowballed into the largest um, cleaning equipment distributor in Singapore. So, wow. so it's crazy. Wow. And does that company still exist? What was it called again, yes. you said? It's called Super Steam Asia Pacific. And, and it's a funny name. Um, why Super Steam? Because our steam cleaners were better than the competition. So it's super. And did you go all over the world to find those steam cleaners as well? Do you know what I mean? Yes. So what happened is our, our company is not just selling steam cleaners, but we started with steam cleaners. That's why we are called Super Steam. And now steam cleaners is a much smaller part of our range. We sell a lot more other professional cleaning equipment, but we did travel the world. And one thing I love to travel. So, so whenever I hunt down a new factory or a new supplier for the new latest, greatest cleaning equipment, I got so excited. Yeah. You know, so, so cleaning has brought me to so many countries. Um, I've been throughout Italy. I've been throughout 
Europe, um, China, many, many parts of China. I've been to America, Australia, you know, just hunting for the latest and greatest cleaning equipment. But all roads led to the same destination, robots. Yeah, robots. So you go out to the world just like you did 20 years prior and you say to yourself, I want to find the best equipment. But now you're looking for yes. robotics machines and you're saying, I'm just not impressed. But what was yes. it like? If you went to Europe, you went to the United States, I'm sure you went to China as well, where, the, where a lot of robots get built. You weren't impressed. So what did you decide to do? Do you, are, do you design your own stuff now? Yes. So what happened was this. After we tried importing three different uh, suppliers and selling them and having our customers give us that look, you know, is the look where the customers roll their eyeballs and say, Dylan, I'm so disappointed. Yeah, like right? we, and we've then, been working with you for 20 years and you've always done, done good stuff for us. And now this, really? Yeah, correct. And then they were even suggesting, uh, can I get a refund? You know, that, that's when alarm bells were ringing and, yeah. and we knew this is not right. No. So, so we, we just made the crazy decision since we know cleaning, let's make cleaning robots. All right. So when we made that strategic decision, we did not even have any engineers or any technology know-how. Yeah. We just knew cleaning. We're experts in cleaning. Right. So what happened was within a week, the phone rang. All right. Okay, we're going to do this. All right, we're just going to do it. All right. And then within a week, the phone rang. And on the other line, right, was actually my future co-founder's lab guy all right so so he called us and saying hey our team has made a robot out of a machine we bought from you would you like to come down and see it i said of course wait a second so you're talking about somebody in singapore yes who had leased or bought or something one of your steam cleaners or one of the machines that was part of your service line whatever said you know we're having the same idea that you're having and we've actually turned one of your existing machines, which we love and we know the way it works and you know the way it works. We've actually turned that into a robot. So we've automated yes. it, put some sensors and chips and stuff into it. Yes. Who was it that? Was a sim- it was a simple automation, but uh, that was our future co-founder, Professor Mohan's Robotics Laboratory. So he operated this robotics laboratory at this university in Singapore called Singapore University of Technology and Design. We call it SUTD. Yep. And so he was there. He had a team of about 30 plus engineers and they did a lot of different robotics projects so we went down we saw the robot we weren't impressed all right because it was a simple adaptation and that adaptation was not a fully automatic automatic robot but we realized yes this is the answer to our dreams we um discussed with professor mohan we hit it off and we decided let's open lines bot together let's do this what so just out of nowhere you just said let's open a robotic development company but where and, do you man- so f- where do you manufacture? You may remember this, like when you were a kid, Singapore yeah. was a center of sort of electronic manufacturing in Asia, right? Yes. But not now. Yes. So so this is the power of um, just doing it, all right? So yeah. it really sounds like a Nike advertisement. <laughs> so we didn't think so much. We just wanted to do it. So um, I'll give you an example. I've done this throughout my life. Even at Supersteam, we needed to make cleaning chemicals, all right, because our OEM supplier was two-timing us. So so I just went up to one of the chemists. I paid him some money to, to learn how to do it. And, and I came back and I started doing it. Just do it. Right. And now we are the largest cleaning chemical supplier in Singapore for professional use. So wow. it's, it's really just do it. So with the robots, it was the same thing. Since we did chemicals, since we produced our own cleaning, some of our own cleaning equipment, why don't we just do this robot? So the, the initial part is very naive. We thought the plan was five engineers should be able to solve this. You know, it's not that <laughs> difficult. It's Robotics. okay. 
All right. And then, and where are we going to produce? Nah, let's make it in Singapore. I've got such a big office because we do have a big office and like, like okay, we'll carve out a place. Let's just do it. All right. And what turned out to be five engineers has now snowballed to 129. And by June this year, it will become 200. And by December, we are targeting 300. And they're all in Singapore. All in Singapore. But are they all Singaporeans or did you like? Singapore. And international, like for example, um, we'll have a development arm in India and in Europe, and also um, we'll have sales arms in Europe and in um, America. Yeah, the sales stuff makes sense, but you're doing distributed engineering work as well. Yes. Um, so right now, mostly is in Singapore, but because to cope with the growth, um, you can't find enough such experience and sure. That's why we're going to India and we're going to Europe and stuff. Now, the beautiful thing is our co-founder, Professor Mohan, he is wonder kind guy. I mean, he has trained so many engineers and he has, you know, when you're the teacher, you can see which student is the best fit in that sense. So he managed to recommend a lot of good engineers to us. So when they came in, they all had a few commonalities. One, bright. Two, energetic. Three, young. And number four, they want to change the world. So, yeah. so I mean, he just managed to find a whole bunch of these people and we start injecting them in the company. We give them space to run because I know cleaning, but I don't know how to do a circuit board or do the computer code and they did it. But this is the thing though, right? Like you're now... If you're like Lionsbot is a completely different business than yes. Supersteam. It feels like it's yes. the same because the end product kind of does the same thing. Yes. But now you're a, like a deep tech engineering software and hardware business. Yes. Can I ask you this though? What is it like? Have you rolled out and it's just kind of a yes or no question, but have you rolled out the first robot? Yes. You have. Yes. We, we have have 400 plus robots running around the world now. Right. So in 22 countries. That's amazing. But do you remember when the first one, not the first prototype, but like the first one that actually came off the finished production line was done? Yes. And it actually worked. Can you tell me like what makes this thing different from a cleaning perspective? Yes. All right. So um, there are two things to that. When when you talk about the very first one, it sounds like um, the birth first child. Yeah. And um, you know, what? what's the number one reaction when it comes out? Because we have all been working through the night and I mean literally when a new comer joins Lionsport we give them a sleeping bag okay so we take care of our guys you know we give them a good regulation sleeping bag so you know <laughs> they, they have a proper night sleep all right so you know we, we are really we're really into employee welfare here maybe right, so <laughs> if you give them a sleeping bag it's not a good sign <laughs> Yeah. So what happened was we were using those sleeping bags on a very regular basis. I'm it was sure. crazy. At a time when our first robot rolled out, we had 13 of us. So it was like, you know, through the night and all that. So when you finally see it working, all right, the first reaction is not elation. The first reaction is exhaustion. It's like yeah, oh, relief. finally, you know, I, I can I can sleep tonight. And then the next immediate reaction is would it work? So, so, you know, that there is always this huge worry, like, uh, is it perfect? Is it, it, does it really work? Is it going to cover all the, uh, what we call H cases, meaning all, all the things that could possibly happen? The, the, the reason is this, one of the reasons why we could grow so fast and so quickly was because we, we have no fear. There's no fear of tomorrow and, and we are all young. But the next thing we were worried about is, did we miss out something? Like we're doing it so fast, did we miss out something? Right. So, so that, that was the, the other part of the equation. So what is an edge case in cleaning? 
Yes. So in age case in cleaning, I didn't know cleaning was so complicated. It's very complicated. Until I did robotics. Yeah. I actually, with a human being, the human being is the ultimate robot. Because with a human being, you have eyes, you have legs and hands. You're able to maneuver everywhere. You're able to maneuver the cleaning equipment. You're able to handle it. So, so there were no age cases in cleaning. Like if you see a person, you stop. If you need to clean a corner, you clean a corner. Yeah. So, so I, I thought that was obvious until it came to robotics. And the age cases would be things like, so you need to clean the corner, but there's a fire extinguisher and then there's a, another box next to you. You know, So what do you do? Or there are three human beings, one to your left, one to your right, one in front of you. So what are you going to do? And then um, like for example if you move you notice that there's a slight slope do you stop do you continue you know do you yeah. alert so so there are a lot of permutations that we didn't quite necessarily understand before but do you get to a point where you have to have like a boston dynamic style robot do you know what i mean oh. where it's so like a humanoid that it can actually do all those things you just talked about yes to be honest the most important thing in a cleaning robot is a robot that cleans, not a robot that's super sexy. And, yeah, don't and, care you know, about the can, sexy part of it, but just this, yeah. this idea that it can get into places that maybe yes. a more, what's the right word, like robust robot can't get into. Yes. So what we did was we solved it by having a more nimble and slimmer design. So we could go into a lot of places without necessarily being a humanoid because humanoids are not efficient in movement. They're not efficient in energy and they cost a lot more because of all the joints and the motors. Yep. And in cleaning, people want cleaning robots because they are effective, they're affordable, and you know you use them to aid human beings. It's not like to show off in that sense. Yeah, I get it. What has been the reaction from the clients, right? In other words, like you said, in the old days, and I used to do cleaning when I was in college. So one of my summer oh, cool. jobs was to actually use a, like a floor buffer, right? So you hold it, yeah. you do that thing, and you're buffing the floor. Yeah. So a lot of these machines have been operated by humans. And you said that one of the, one of the problems that you were having was just finding the people that were available to do that. This is a problem yes. of a society the that's either world. getting wealthier or getting older, right? So, yes. or both. And Singapore definitely falls into that category. You know, but my feeling about robotics is that it augments humans. It doesn't replace them per se. Yes, you're right. So how do the humans interact with the robots that you have? And what was the client reaction when you said, look, this robot can do these things, but you still yes. need a human around to do X, Y, and Z? What are those things? And, and what was the okay. reaction? Well, robots brought up a lot of emotions and reactions in different people. Tell me. So when our robots came out, because our robots look gorgeous, they have a head, they're sleek, they're really nice. Either that or we had our new racks, which is large and strong. So, so it, the design itself evokes a lot of positive reactions where the customer's like, wow, this is a piece of art. I love it. All right. <laughs> so that's the customer. Is it expensive then, though to buy that kind of sleek, fancy robot? Uh, yeah. So we built them to last. So these robots, um, because they're built to last, we use more premium materials. But if you work it out over the life cycle and the lifespan of the robot, it's actually much more affordable than um, getting cheaper robots. All right. However, the reaction from the cleaner was surprising. Tell me. All right. So the initial reaction from the cleaner was... You mean, you mean the guy gonna, or the gal that was doing it, yeah? Yeah. Is Go this going to take over my job? Right. All right, that's the immediate reaction. Sure. It's like, are you a job killer? Are you friend or are you foe? Right. So, so what happened? That the 
super interesting thing is this, all right? So when we first row it at Jewel, it's one of the very grand malls in Singapore. It's beautiful. So what happened was the cleaner's job was to push the trash that was created in the restaurants and in the shops. So they had many loads of trash to um, haul away. So the robot was hauling the trash for the cleaner. So the initial reaction from the cleaner was, oh no, I'm going to lose my job. That's day one, all right? By day seven, the cleaner was smiling and because a lot of visitors came, they were saying, we want to take picture, all right? By day 14, it became his robot, all right? Do you want to take picture with my robot? And if the robot had any tiny little hiccups, it was like, hey, my robot is down, you know, when are you coming? So, so it, it went from, is this a job stealer to, I can't live without this. And that reaction happened in 14 days. It's amazing. This is the same reaction we are seeing with a lot of cleaners all over Singapore and across the world. Many come in with doubts because um, with cleaning, it's a very traditional industry. And they think of like, if we don't have enough people, I just need to work harder. And because they're responsible people, they'll try their best to work harder but it's so exhausted, all right? It becomes very overwhelming. However, when you first introduce robots, you know, it's like, nah, I'll do it faster on my own because it's true. Humans riding a machine would be much faster than a robot. If a robot goes the same speed as a human being, we probably would hit a few people. Yeah. So we had to go slower. But then they realized that I can let the robot run at night while I'm sleeping, all right? Or when the robot is running in the morning, all right, I can be doing other things. And then it becomes a productivity tool because, for example, our robots, one person um, can operate four, five robots easily. So like the robots could be running at level four, level three, level two, and level one, while the person is attending to the customer or doing planning or doing training of his crew, at the same time. So it became such a time saver that a lot of the cleaners, they got used to it. You know, it became their personal assistant. So are there other places where you feel like you can use these robots? Do you know what I mean? Now that you've learned all of this stuff, you've been working, I guess, for what, seven years on building uh, robots? No, not yeah? really. No? In robots, um, seven years was we brought in robots, but Lionsbot itself would turn four next month. Got so it. Okay, so four years company. of doing all this development. But now that you've learned all this stuff, and I mean, obviously there's a lot more work to do and I'm sure you've built more than one model. Yes. Are there other places where you feel like you can use the stuff that you've learned, not just in cleaning, but in sort of supplementary or ancillary industries where you feel like we've learned enough and now we can branch out into other places? Because in, yes. in the name of your company, right, let's just go back to it. The original company was called Supersteam Asia, whatever, right? And that yes. was clear what it was. Yes. But Lionsbot, even if you just look at the logo, right, it says nothing yes. about cleaning. It doesn't say Lionsbot cleaning. It just says Lionsbot International. So there's got to yes. be a bigger goal here, yeah? Yes. Actually, we do have other markets and these markets we could go in. Uh, for example, um, there's nothing stopping us from putting like a security rated um, camera lenses on the robot and it becomes a security robot or to put a stock shelf scanner module on the robot so it will clean the floor in the supermarket and scan the shelves though the one thing we want to do now is to fulfill our initial mission the initial mission is to have a lion spot for every cleaning professional 
I mean, it's like I can't live without my smartphone now. If you take it away from me, you know, I, I do not know how to plan my schedule. Yeah. Same. Very soon, every cleaner, professional cleaner would have robots. And if you take it away, they wouldn't be able to function without it. And that is good because a lot of cleaning, 60% of cleaning is floor cleaning and cleaning is repetitive and monotonous. Yeah. It is, uh, the floor remains there every day. So you just got to clean the same thing every day. And humans are best for creative tasks. For example, if there's a spillage to attend to it, or for example, to end on the team deployments or to um, handle toilet cleaning, whereas the robots can do the monotonous floor cleaning. When does this get drilled down to individuals? Like if I want to buy one, the stuff that you've built is way too big for like my, you yes. know, my condo. But I'd love to have one, right? Yes. Actually, it already is drilled down to individuals. Is the iRobots and the Roombas of this world. Yeah, no, I know so, that. But I don't want a Roomba in my house because it maps it and it sends back my location to the Roomba company. I just want something, <laughs> something to clean it. Go ahead. Yeah. So what we do over here is not an upsized Roomba. Actually, it's a totally different thing. Because Completely. Because professional cleaning equipment. So professional means that it has to last for at least seven years. Yep. All right. And it is super strong, super easy to use. And it makes the floor much, I mean, noticeably cleaner. So such equipment are only suitable for certain private homes, for example, if you have a dacha in um, Russia or you have a big palace in Saudi Arabia. But for most homes, right, it's... You're presuming big. I don't have a dacha in Russia. That's not um, nice. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You must have a big dacha, I'm like, like kidding, not a small kidding. dacha, a really big one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Because of, because of scale, yeah. And I guess there's not much incentive for you to do this. Look, yes. one of the things that the computer industry tried to do back in the late 70s and early 80s was they tried to design a machine that people wanted in their homes, right? And the whole idea yes. for, you know, the Macintosh and the Windows computers were a computer on every desk and in every home. Yes. But I guess for you, the idea is I want to have a robot for every cleaner. And yes. this fits into my philosophy on the use of technology in a way for social good, right? Because... yes. You're not taking the job away from the cleaner. You're actually superpowering them to be able to clean at the same time while they're doing something else. Is, does that make sense? Yes, you took the words right out of mouth. Lionsbot gives cleaners superpowers, right? We design it so that a cleaner can have their own robot or a cleaner can have 20 robots and the robots are running. So the cleaner can do um, what I call human tasks, tasks that humans are best suited to do. Yeah. Um, um, for example, customer service. A big part of cleaning is there's always a spillage or something that happened and then the building manager would text um, the cleaning supervisor, I've got this spillage on ALS 1 or something and then it is how many seconds you have to respond. Yeah, All right. So So... So they need to do that rather than to focus on, oh, uh, there's 10,000 square feet of floor. All right, let me clean it again. So you sit in a market where, you know, Singapore, obviously, it's a, the financial center for all of Southeast Asia, at least, if not for most of Asia, right? And there's also yes. the, you know, the Singaporean government is a big supporter of not just startups, but deep, te deep tech startups as well. Yes. Do you exist in sort of the startup ecosystem where you can go out to venture capitalists and raise money or to angel investors and stuff like that? Or can you generate enough money internally, whether it's from Supersteam or from Linespot itself and the sales you have in 22 countries to fund yourself? Like, is there a reason for you to go out and raise money? Actually, it is a hybrid 
we do both. The internal cash flow is enough for us to grow the company. Yep. But if you want to scale, like uh, for example, every year we are scaling at least three times the company. So scaling would require pumping in people and materials, resources before the cash flow even comes in. So we'll need um, some money for that. And the other thing is Lionsport, we have a goal to become a unicorn company um, because what we're doing is really different and special. And we feel that we have what it takes to be unicorn. But being a unicorn requires earlier investors to mark your value. So if you don't have outside investments, um, it would be seen as you're not a unicorn. Your, your value is unknown. Yeah, I mean, we can agree to disagree on that. I think if you can fund yes. yourself out of, even if you raise money and you want to scale, yes, the valuation of your company is not, to me, does not define the actual value that you're providing, not just to your community, but to the world as a whole. Yes, I, I don't right. know. For my money, I don't really care whether people value me as a, you know, as a billion dollar company or not. It's just the impact yes. that you're having. And it seems like you're having a ton of impact. Like what's next for you as a team, right? You've yes. built all this stuff. You rolled out a bunch of robots. You're going to go, you said you went from five engineers to a hundred to 200. You expect to be at 300. It's a lot of people doing a lot of engineering work. Yes. Like what is the future? And I'm really curious about this. What does the future look like to somebody who's sitting in the midst of the robotics industry Kind of as it's just mainstreaming, yeah? What does it look like to you? Now, in the professional cleaning industry, there is a lot of change going on. Robots are the thing um, in developed countries because um, the, nobody has enough people. What happened was the gig economy disrupted the whole supply chain of human beings. So a lot of people are going into food delivery or becoming an Uber driver. For the same hard work that you put in cleaning, you could earn maybe three times more money. So that's why um, a lot of young people are not entering into cleaning. But the next problem is that urbanization and buildings are becoming more and more. And because of that, less cleaners, more buildings is a disaster. Right? <laughs> and the need for cleanliness post-COVID is really high. Super high. Because yeah, people care about cleanliness now. People talk about frequency of white downs and how you disinfect and the quality of disinfection. So that needs people, that needs skilled workers. So with all this in mind, it will affect Storm. There is just not enough cleaners for the world. It just doesn't exist anymore. All right, so what a person sitting in the middle of the industry would see now is how do I get on this robotic train? How do I deploy the robots? How do I integrate it with my teams? How do I select the right robots? And what features should I look for? Now, the change is exactly like from internal combustion cars into electric vehicles. The change is also similar from normal feature phones like Nokia into smartphones. It's a it's a sea change. It's a it's a tsunami. It's it's a, it's a total change in the industry. And who's competing with you globally, right? Like this was not. You can't be the only guy with this idea. But clearly, you yes. went around the world to see if there was anything good out there, and you couldn't find anything good. Yes. So I, I think there are many competitors. Um, many of them smaller startups thinking that five engineers would suffice. So, so there are a whole ton of those guys, all right? And then there are um, other startups, there are less startups that um, have one or two products in the market. In terms of people having volume products, there are less than 10 
players. So there are some bigger ones like um, some players from China um, that have raised a lot of investments and yeah. they want to like uh, mass produce robots. So those are what I'll call like the you know, the evil empire in Star Wars with the hordes of stormtroopers, they are everywhere. Yeah. We are more like a Millennium Falcon. So we have, we pack some punch and firepower, but we are a bit more agile. And, and then there are others in America that also had good funding. So um, what they do is they work with other manufacturers of cleaning equipment and they put the robotic brains in those uh, cleaning equipment. And yet there are others that are making um, standalone robots. So in terms of the big players, there are not so many, all right? And Lionsbot is rapidly gaining acceptance and recognition in the market. And these IoT devices as well, you know what I mean? Are like they connected to the internet? Do they use GPSs to understand where they are? Can they be controlled remotely? And is there more functionality you're planning on putting in them so that they become even more efficient, particularly as you get more experience at this, yeah? Yes. So what happens is um, the whole concept of a cleaning robot is that they're always connected to the internet. All right. I mean, of course, you can operate them off grid, but sure. it doesn't make sense. But then why? it becomes a traditional machine. Yeah. Once you connect to the internet, things happen in a sense that you're able to monitor in real time how the cleaning is happening. You're able to troubleshoot if you didn't finish cleaning that day. You're able to show the customers a very clear detailed report of where you clean. So, so we are all on the same page with the customer. The customer can't come and accuse us that we didn't do the job. And on top of that, all right, once connected to the internet, you collect all the data. For example, if we run this zone at this time, is it efficient? If we run it at another time, is it efficient? And you can tweak the efficiency with the data that comes in. So um, with Landspot robots, the amazing thing is that our dealers, because we sell through dealers who service the customers, our dealers do not even need to drive down to a customer location to fix the robots. A lot of the fixing can be done in their office to tweak the maps or to change the settings. And have you been able to build like new dealers, right? I guess the question really is, were there existing dealers that didn't understand or didn't want to deal with robotics that were just like, let somebody else handle this because it's just too sophisticated for me. And then other dealers popped up in their place to be like entrepreneurial and take over that role. Yes. So in the cleaning space right now, you have um, very established dealers that may be very technologically um, resistant. Yep. All right. They don't believe in it. And then there are younger dealers who are hungry and who want to grow. So during the pandemic, it was impossible for us to fly and train dealers. So we did it all via Zoom and we opened up many dealers during Zoom. So now um, that flights can resume, we are doing our best to reach out to each one, to go down and visit them and, and show them that we are live human beings. We are not robots. <laughs> right. That Dylan's <laughs> not exactly wrong. And do you do business in Thailand? I'm just asking because I'm here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thailand is a wonderful place, but... Currently, we don't have any robots in Thailand for now, mainly because I think um, our robots are a bit higher priced at this moment because um, they are made with, um, I mean, like we, we design with a specific sort of customer in mind, but we're having a whole, um, like a, a lot of new robots being planned that will be rolled out that I think would be very suitable for a lot of different countries. Got it. What's your favorite robot right now? Okay, my favorite robot is the Rex. That is our new robot that 
came out. And why I love it is because there's not a single straight line on that body. All right, it was all curves. So when we designed it, we gave our um, industrial designer the challenge. All right, that let's do something rad, man, really radical that no one has ever done before. We don't want straight curves. I want, I want what I call juicy curves. So, so our inspiration was actually juiciness comes from calamari. You know, like like when you eat squid, uh, it's really juicy. So, so I wanted curves. Give me a curvy body. All right, and he delivered. It was amazing. I can't wait Besides to see that, it. Yeah, I mean, and, and besides that, the robot cleans really well. One robot can do the job of two traditional machines. It runs um, the longest record setting time. It can do up to 10, 11 hours of cleaning. It has a bigger volume than all competitors. It has a better pressure. It cleans better. So so this is this is a, a real um, like excitement on our part because we didn't want just a robot to match traditional cleaning equipment. We wanted sure. to surpass traditional cleaning equipment. Yeah, why not? Okay, Dylan, yes. I think I think that's a great way to end this conversation. Dylan Ung, a co-founder and CEO of Lionspot International. Maybe next time we should have Michelle on or Dr. Mohan on. Yes, this was definitely. really great. Let's catch up again soon. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Michael. Have a good day.